At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Okay, welcome back. Hour number two, Sunday Bet Prep. I'm at the Circus Studio, and uh, Will Hill is with me from a remote location in Connecticut. Matt Humans, William Hill here, and uh, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, joins us now. Chris, thanks a lot for jumping on here on uh, Saturday night to preview the Sunday NFL action. And I'm going to start right here in our backyard, Cardinals and Raiders. And I saw this line open as low as three this week. It didn't last long. The Sharps jumped on it. There was sharp money on the Raiders. Uh, one of our mutual friends, Jeff Whitelaw, really likes the Raiders a lot this week. Uh, are you at, still at five and a half on this game? And what type of betting action have you seen on Cardinals-Raiders? Yeah, uh, I am at five and a half. And uh, our good friend uh, laid me the four and a half. And, uh, you know, I went to five very briefly. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, the hell with it. I'm just going to go with five and a half. You know, might as well move it a full point. Cause Jeff doesn't play too many favorites, but when he played that one, I had a lot of respect for it. And, uh, you know, I think right now we're figuring out maybe the Cardinals aren't all that good. And I think the Raiders are pretty good. So uh, I'm at five and a half. They're still kind of laying it to me. Uh, I have a feeling I might get the six by post time. Chris, when we go from week one to week two, how do you draw the line between making an adjustment and going into an overreaction? 
Oh, wow, that's the million-dollar question right there. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure I can give you a real solid answer, but, I mean, you just have to you have to use your eyes an awful lot. I mean, if you just go by numbers, sometimes they can really get skewed. Um, you know, teams can have a very poor performance. I think you have to look at turnovers, too, and see if that actually did indeed uh, create the disparity now in your power ratings. And, you know, some other things like weather, like in the 49er game, I think that was, you know, something – you know, they're probably going to have bad weather again tomorrow. But, I mean, that's one of those things where maybe he just had a bad game because of the weather, rookie quarterback going into a situation that, you know, wasn't all that great for him. You know, so, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I can give you a stand pad answer, but that is that is a, a big problem for handicappers, bookmakers, and, and betters. We're like 10 days into the NFL season. Anything in terms of awards or futures you've seen get hit that you think is noteworthy? since the start of the season, you know, Eagles to win the division because of Dax injury, anything in terms of the futures awards. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of Eagles money to win the, excuse me, to win the division before even the first game of the season. Uh, you know, I closed Eagles, the favorite in that division, you know, before anything happened to Dak, uh, there's just a lot of support for the Eagles and a lot of people thinking the Cowboys, you know, like they always do. They're always the best team in the league come June and July. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once, once they kick off, they're not so great. So I had a lot of people that believed heavily in the Eagles. Uh, I'm not sure how much the rest of the division figures into it. You know, although, you know, the Giants look, you know, better than expected the first week. And, you know, Washington, you know, pulled out a, a, a good win. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the future portends for them. But I had a lot of people that did not like that Dallas team, but really did like the Philly team instead. Uh, your Steelers, do you have a feel for them tomorrow? They they have a, a habit of you know getting up for these games, getting emotional wins, but they have a hard time backing it up. Sometimes that next week they come out a little flat, Thomas teams. Do you have a feel tomorrow? Patriots, Steelers, Patriots given two and a half. God, I hope nobody from Pittsburgh is listening right now, but yeah, I kind of like the Patriots tomorrow. You know, I, I think right now, you know, the T.J. Watt thing is just a big, big deal. And the Patriots, that's another team that probably not as bad as they looked last week. Steelers probably looked a little better than what they actually are. They they were the beneficiary of five turnovers and still had to go deep into overtime to get that win. Um, and yeah, I think the Patriots rebound here. And, you know, we, we were looking at a pretty short number, even though we're up to two and a half now, you're still basically asking the team to win the game. And, uh, you know, I think that, like I said, I hope my friends aren't listening, but I kind of like the Patriots tomorrow. All right. Chris Andrews with us, South Point Sportsbook Director on Twitter at Andrews Sports. Chris, I'm going to throw some more games at you on the Week 2 schedule and you tell me what you're seeing in terms of betting action, where you think the number is going to close. How about Jets-Browns? Are you seeing sharp action? Believe it or not, are you seeing the Sharps bet the Jets here plus 6.5? I haven't seen any sharp action on the Jets <laughs> plus 6.5. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little action on them, but I wouldn't say sharp action. Matter of fact, the sharp action uh, bet me the Browns, bet me up to 6.5. Okay. Uh, they laid me the 6 pretty strong. Um, at the six and a half, I'm probably getting, I would say, even money, but maybe a little bit extra on the Jets, but not much. I don't, I don't think this game goes back to six. I think if anything, it goes to seven. I was going to say, if it goes to seven, you'll probably see some sharp money yeah, on plus probably. seven. Yeah, probably. How about the Colts in Jacksonville, where the Colts have not won since 2014? This <laughs> number was as high as four, dropping to three at a lot of spots. Uh, what type of betting action do you see on the Colts-Jaguars game? 
Yeah, that's uh, right where I'm at. You know, I opened this game four. Um, you know, they did. They took the four. They took the three and a half. Definitely sharp action. Uh, the ticket count is about two to one in favor of the Colts. And meanwhile, the number went from four to three. So that right there tells you, you know, who the 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 wise guys are on. They're on the Jaguars. Anything above three. Now at the three. Um, I'm writing a little more Colts action, but I still have a couple of, uh, you know, I'd say followers more than sharp guys taking the plus three. But uh, there's some money line action as well on the Jaguars. So Jaguars definitely decide that the uh, wise guys are on. All right. The Bucks were favored by more than three. That number was uh, three and a half or four. Now down to two and a half. What do you see on Tampa Bay, New Orleans? Well, I opened that game three, so they okay. took the three, and they, they're taking a two-and-a-half, and I'm looking right now pretty even at the two-and-a-half, but that's another game where the ticket count is highly in favor of Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not so sure about this one. I, you know, I, I, I know Tampa offensively didn't look very good last week, but their defense, I thought, really did look good, even you know when Dak was in the game. Uh, the Saints, you know, a lot of people love this Saints team. They loved them before the season started. I still have some big question marks here. Now, that being said, they've had the Buccaneers number ever since uh, Brady's been there. But new coach, new quarterback for the Saints, I'm not sure, you know, historically that, that means anything right now for this game coming up tomorrow. But there's no doubt the money, the sharp money is on the Saints in that one. Okay, let's go to uh, Panthers-Giants. Will Hill likes the Panthers plus two in this one, and it seems like the sharper side is going to be the dog. What do you think, Chris? Well, I opened two and a half. They took the two and a half. I'm at two right now. Pretty even action uh, money-wise, certainly at the two. Uh, ticket count is pretty even. You know, even money line is pretty even. But, you know, they did take the two and a half. You know, that isn't always a huge indicator. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it can be because if a game sits at two and a half and doesn't go to three, uh, it means that probably the smarter money is on the dog. And it's one of those old adages, you know, Matt, if you see a game sitting at three and a half, you probably should lay it. If you see it sitting at two and a half, you probably should take it. <laughs> that's right. How about if you see a game sitting at eight and a half, do you play it on a teaser? <laughs> and that's the uh, the 49ers yeah. were at eight and a half. Up to Chris, are you up to nine and a half now on Seahawks 49ers? And you got to think this is a bet against spot for the Seahawks off that emotional win on Monday night. And also they lose uh, safety Jamal Adams for the season. Yeah, this is a funny game. I've been as low as 8.5 and, and as high as 10 on this game. This is definitely the betting game of the week. And, you know, it doesn't look like that attractive a matchup as far as, you know, the fans go. But I've been all over it. I, I'm at 9 right now. Uh, they took 9.5 off me. And this is one of those weird games where the public is about 2-1 to one ticket-wise on Seattle. And when you think back, Seattle had, had a real nice win on national TV. You know, Niners had a lead and then blew it and really looked pretty bad. Uh, so I think that that's one of those deals where the, the last thing in people's minds really affected the betting in this game. So you're seeing uh, about double the ticket count on Seahawks. Money-wise, uh, a little heavy on the Niners. Not huge, but a little heavy on the Niners. But they did take the 9.5 on me. And I, I've got to tell you, I got sharp money both ways on this one. It's, okay. This is a really interesting game. Will Hill, what's your opinion here with uh, Trey Lance needing a bounce-back performance off that poor week one? George Kittle looks like he's going to return, and uh, obviously Trey Lance needs George Kittle on the field. I didn't see that about Kittle because the last I saw he wasn't practicing and it wasn't you know, a good sign, a good indication that he was going to play. The report, like was, you mentioned. the report was he practiced on Friday. So Okay. Yeah. Um, boy, like you mentioned, this is just the worst spot you can be in if you're Seattle. Short week, 
emotional win on the road, uh, similar to the Green Bay Chicago game where now you go to a team where San Fran's desperate for a win. They're the better team. They're home. This is a great spot for San Francisco. I just can't bet it just because I don't trust Lance. I don't trust that kind of quarterback to be laying eight and a half, nine and a half, even though it's a home run spot here for San Francisco. Actually, a report today from the San Francisco Chronicle says Kittle is listed as questionable, but there are doubts that he's going to play against Seattle. Mm. So uh, right. take that for what, what it's I worth. I got to tell you, they mm-hmm. really missed him last week yep. a lot. I think that he plays. They, they'd they have a real good chance of winning that game. You know, a young quarterback, sometimes that tight end could be your best friend. And you look at Kittle, and if he's not the best in the league, he's right there behind Kelsey and maybe Andrews and a couple other guys. But he's a big, big cog in that machine. I agree with good you. Good blocker, too. Good yep. blocker. How about the Bengals-Cowboys game, Chris? What do you do here with uh, Cooper Rush, quarterback, and Dak out? You know, I mean, my power ratings, you know, had this, you know, right right about seven, seven and a half. But I, I still think that, you know, a team that first game after the key injury, they really rise to the occasion. And, you know, the Bengals, you know, they addressed their offensive line problems in the offseason, but I'm not sure they solved them. And, uh, you know, is Micah Parsons going to have a huge game for the Cowboys? I think it kind of sets up for that. You know, the, the, we do have some sharp money on the dog at, at over seven. They took seven and a half off me. Uh, but I kind of like the dog here, too. I, I think they show up. I think this is going to be a tighter game than people think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I look for Micah Parsons to have a huge game in this one. And I think that might be, uh, you know, certainly part of the formula that keeps this game close. By the way, the total is only 41 and a half, pretty low total. So, I, you know, taking uh, a touchdown or better with a total that low, I think, I think that's the right side here. I agree with you. Chris, in 15 seconds, can you tell me, uh, what you're seeing on Bears-Packers Sunday night football, Packers minus 10. Well, they remember the last thing they saw, the public's taking the Bears over the Packers, which is shocking to me. I kind of go with what Will Hill said earlier. I think the Packers are in a good spot to beat the Bears. And probably beat the Bears uh, badly. All right, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. Chris, thanks a lot. Appreciate the time today. Yes, sir. Great talking to you guys. See you later. Andrews thanks, Chris. Sports, back in a couple minutes here on BSN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from First Bet. Head over to vcin.com slash horses to register. That's worthwhile. I love Santa Anita Park. Number two on my list behind Del Mar, but they're both uh, right there as two of the great tracks in the United States. Will Hill with us now, and uh, Will, as we continue to roll on here through the Sunday Bet Prep Show and break down the Week 2 schedule in the NFL, we're going to stop at Colts-Jaguars and talk a little bit more about this game we hit on with Chris Andrews in the previous segment. Colts have not won there since 2014. Colts have a a clumsy track record in season openers, too. They had lost eight in a row before the tie at Houston last week. They had to come from behind in the fourth quarter, they were down 20-3 to to get to 20-20 tie. They cut kicker Rodrigo Blankenship uh, this week. Matt Ryan did not look too sharp in the first three quarters of that game, and the Colts are going to be without Michael Pittman. So I played the Jaguars. This is one of my contest plays here at the Circa plus four. I bet the Jaguars plus three and a half. I hate to bet the Jaguars. I usually regret it when I do it, but I felt like I had to do it this time. Uh, how did you approach this Colts-Jags game? I'm with you. I too played the Jaguars for all the reasons you mentioned Pittman's hurt. And it's really a two man offense. They don't have any receivers that you really like outside of Pittman. It's Taylor. It's not a lot else. I don't like their tackles. Uh, and they, this has been, like you said, a house of horrors for Indianapolis. Not only have they lost there for, for every, you know, the last eight straight years, 
a lot of them has been as big, big favorites yeah. for Indy. Remember last year, 17 point favorites in the final week. And not only did they get upset, they got absolutely blown out uh, <laughs> yep, to miss yep. the playoffs that year. I think it was 2020 when Rivers was there. They lost his big favorites opening uh, week. And that's a tough place to play, not because of the home crowd. It's one of the tamer home crowds. But this early in the year, it's hot. It's humid down in Jacksonville. So uh, I think, look, I, the, the way I phrased it, Jack, Indy didn't deserve to be favored by four on the road against anybody. Like you said, against Houston, uh, they were just awful. Neither team deserved to win that game. So I like Jacksonville. I bet Jacksonville. Um, I think this is a good bet. That being said, and, and I was making this point the other day, to me, like we've heard so much about Trevor Lawrence coming in the NFL. He's transcendent. Once in a lifetime, once in a decade, the next mm. this or that, Peyton Manning. Uh, we're getting on 20 games now, and I know everyone wants to blame Urban Meyer, and to be fair, that was a factor. But Urban Meyer's been gone for a while now, and, and Lawrence overthrew guys last week, left and right. That wasn't Urban Meyer overthrowing guys. So to me, Lawrence, it's in Jacksonville, so he sort of skates. It, it's a small market. Lawrence has got to play a little better. I think we're getting to the point here. We've got to be concerned. Is Lawrence really as good as he was hyped up to be? He's not. The football Fabio is not what he was made out to be. I'm with you. I totally agree. You know, you, I, no, I don't think he could be good at some point. He could be really good. But this yeah. idea that he's special, that he's the next Peyton Manning, I, I really haven't seen it. Uh, you know, you saw it in college. There were times at Clemson where this guy looked like, man, he's going to be a surefire pro bowler, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, the more I watch him in the NFL, uh, I realize that his his skills are not going to make him look as special at that level. You know, he could run away from people in college football, and he could run the ball, and he looked like uh, he was such a superior athlete. I think he impressed a lot of people that way. But those athletic skills are not going to show in the NFL because he's not such he's not faster than the defenders. Micah Parsons can uh, track him down, or guys like that can run him down with no problem. And I don't think. He's the most accurate passer in the world. You just talked about it. He was overthrowing guys. The one question I had about him at Clemson is, uh, is his pass, passing accuracy what it needs to be? Because a lot of times at the college level, especially when you're in an offense like Clemson and you've got receivers who can create such separation, you don't have to thread the needle on a lot of throws. You, you're, Tua at Alabama, look at that. He was throwing to guys who were wide open all over the field. Uh, Trevor Lawrence... I'm not sure as the accurate as accurate a passer as he needs to be at this level, and I have a lot of I have some serious questions. I don't think he's going to turn out to be the quarterback he was hyped up to be uh, prior to the draft. And I liked him a lot at that time, but the more I watch him in the NFL, I said, no, he's not that once in a generation, you know, that generational player, once in a lifetime crap. Uh, none of that stuff's true. Yes, he could be, he could develop into a top ten quarterback in the NFL, but right now. Uh, Will Hill, if I rank, and I, JVT and I did this on the edge, I think uh, early August, we ranked our top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I actually ranked the top 20. I had Trevor Lawrence around number, uh, I think, 19 or 20 in the league. He's he's not even close to being a top 10 quarterback right now. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it gets tricky. You know, how do you rank Lance? How do you rank Fields? Zach Wilson? Some of these guys are so mm -hmm. young, it's hard to do it. But like like you said, like, Lawrence, he's getting, going on his 20th game, and, and you hit on something. You know, people liked him before the draft, so I think they don't want to look bad. They don't want to admit they were wrong, so they say, oh, it's Urban Meyer's fault. It's this, it's that. It's like, Urban Meyer's been gone a long time now. Like, he stunk even after Urban Meyer left last year, and I think there was like a 10-game stretch where they only threw one touchdown pass. Uh, the excuses that get made for this guy, it's unbelievable. Nobody just comes out and says, you know what, this kid maybe is not as good as we all thought he was going to be. He's been very, very underwhelming. You know, we're going to talk about young quarterbacks later in the show, so don't want to... Um... 
I guess, uh, belabor the point too much here, but it's it's funny how quickly people uh, want to criticize Trey Lance, but they'll cut a guy like Trevor Lawrence so much slack. And Lawrence is such, so much more experienced that he doesn't deserve, uh, I, I think, the uh, benefit of the doubt. And Trey Lance probably does because he's so inexperienced. But we'll talk about young quarterbacks later in the show a little bit more in depth. Trevor Lawrence did have a couple of TD passes in that 26-11 win over the Colts in week 18. That was a highlight of his rookie season. I had to bet the Jags. They just dominate the Colts in Jacksonville, and there was nothing about the Colts' performance a week ago that makes me think they should be favored by more than a field goal on the road here in uh, week two. All right, let's move on to Bucks and Saints. Uh, this is an intriguing game because Tom Brady is 0-4 in the regular season against the Saints, who shut him out last year in Tampa Bay. You remember that game, that 9 nothing game in Tampa? I believe that was on Sunday night football. Uh, so the New Orleans defense kind of has Tom Brady's number in a sense. The Bucs are playing back-to-back road games. Didn't look so impressive offensively Sunday night in that 19-3 win at Dallas. And now Chris Godwin's out with a uh, hamstring injury. And left tackle Donovan Smith is also going to be out uh, from a banged-up Bucks offensive line. So not a surprise here that the Saints are attracting uh, sharper money as home dogs will. Yeah, it's funny. Since Brady got to Tampa, like you said, the Saints uh, have just dominated. They won all four games in the regular season. The one they lost, though, is the one they wanted to have the most. The divisional round in 2020 where New Orleans really let the game get away from them. Right, right. Um, that being said, this is a tough matchup for Tampa. You can put Lattimore on Evans. The rest of the Tampa offense, the offensive line is an issue. The receivers are an issue. Their whole passing game in general, um, I think, is down from where it's been. And Gronkowski, not only as a, as a receiver, but we talked about it with Kittle, where Gronkowski's a hell of a blocker. You lose your center, you lose Gronkowski as a blocker. Uh, the Saints can get pressure. The Saints have a really talented roster. When you have an offense of Kamara, Olave, the, the Ohio State rookie who I think is going to be really good, and Michael Thomas is finally back playing football, it seems like for the first time in like three years, that's a hell of a trio on offense. So uh, I know it's not Sean Payton there anymore. It's a new coaching staff. We'll see about Dennis Allen. His first day as head coach wasn't impressive. But to me, it would be the Saints here. Uh, I did bet the Saints. Again, I don't want to pass post here. It's two and a half now. You're cutting it a, a little short where you really pretty much have to win the game. There was threes out there. There were three and a halfs out there. I don't like to bet something at two and a half when I could have had the three or the three and a half, but I would only look towards the Saints here. Yeah, the Saints are my preferred side too, and that's a, a contest pick for me this week. That number was uh, north of three. Open four. Uh, yeah. Briefly. Three and a half, three, it started to drop now. Uh, Saints two and a half point home dogs, but I like the home dog in this one. Uh, let's wrap it up, uh, this segment at least, with uh, Bears Packers on Sunday night. And uh, Brad Biggs, the Bears beat writer, writer for the Chicago Tribune, joined us in the first hour. And uh, Brad said 24 17 is his score projection. That's barely under the total of 42. Packers, nine and a half, 10 point favorites out there. Can you lay the points? I've seen some guys. I respect who rarely play favorites say, yeah, I'm laying the points with the Packers in this spot. I have not done it yet. Not sure I'm going to do it. Uh, but what, what do you say, Will? And let's take a look at Aaron Rodgers when we get a chance and how A-Rod bounces back from week one losses. Yeah, similar to sp- uh, spot to San Francisco, Seattle, where you have um, you know a, a team in Chicago where they're 1-0, they're off an upset win on the road, going to a team that's supposed to have a good season coming off a terrible loss. So everything in the spot, everything in the situation suggests Green Bay. 
If I'm going to bet it, I'm actually going to lay the points with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But similar to San Francisco, I just don't know if I trust that offense. The offensive line was so bad. I'd worry about Rodgers lasting the whole season. He got hit a lot last week in Minnesota. The receivers have all sorts of issues. Devontae Adams isn't walking through that door. So um, if it would be anything, it would be Packers just based on the situation. But I can't lay nine and a half with this offense. Look at this graphic we have. A-Rod bounces back. Aaron Rodgers' results after a week one loss for the Packers. Pretty impressive. Record 4-0. TDs to INTs, 12-1. to And pass yards per game, 325. And Aaron Rodgers, 23-5 and against the Bears in the regular season as well. So he dominates the Bears. Uh, right now, Pack, 10-point favorites, total of 42. Green Bay minus 460. High price on the money line on Sunday night football. Quick break back here in a couple minutes with uh, Will Hill, Matt Eumanns, VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Eumanns on VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including the daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN's show host and guest. That's very valuable. Also, 24 7 video and a lot more. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get VSIN Pro access to everything now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly with an annual subscription. VSIN.com slash subscribe to become part of the sports betting. Network, Matt Humans and Will Hill here on uh, Sunday Brett Prep. This is our three-hour NFL preview show. Will Hill in for Scott Spritzer this week. Scott plans to return next Saturday night. But, Will, let's continue with our breakdowns of week two. And uh, we're going to move ahead to Falcons and the Rams, who looked uh, pretty bad on opening night when they were uh, beat down by the Bills 31-10 to and outscored 21-0 in the second half. Is it as simple as the Rams just, hey, bouncing back, in week two with a little bit of extra prep time? Or did you have some real concerns about how the Rams played in that season opener? Major concerns. We heard so much about Stafford's elbow as an issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if that was it, but I, I know what is an issue. That offensive line for the Rams was horrible. Um, that score, it's funny. They lost 31-10 to the Bills. It's kind of a misleading score. The Bills, if they took care of the ball, could have won that game by 30 or 40 points and pretty much named their score. Um, Atlanta looked a little better on defense. Now, look, it's Atlanta, so they gave the game away like they always gave the game away last week to the Saints. Find a way to lose the game. Um, but I would I would look at Atlanta here. I was tempted to use them in the contest. Um, I have a partner, so my partner wasn't so on board with them. This would have been my sort of last, last team out in uh, NCAA tournament terms. I like Atlanta here, plus the 10. There were some 10 and a halfs available. I, don't, I think those are all gone. But I have major concerns about the Rams. The offensive line, uh, Stafford, it's just tough. You know, they they went all in to win that Super Bowl. Did they have another run in them? I, I'm not sure that they do. The, the one, you know, upside, the one positive, that division's wide open. You might be able to win that division with nine games if Lance isn't going to be ready. Uh, Seattle's not that kind of team. Arizona's certainly going to take a step back. So it's funny, the, the, uh, the NFC West, was such a bad division. I remember 10 years ago, Seattle won it like seven and nine mm-hmm. and it was a bad division, probably the worst division in football for a three or four year stretch. Recently, the last few years, I mean, look at last year, it's probably the best division in football. I think it's on the way down again where, you know, if you get to nine or 10, you could probably steal this division. I agree with you. 
You know, a year ago, two years ago, we were talking about maybe the best division in football, the NFC West. Man, how far has this uh, division fallen? The yeah. Seahawks completely re- rebuilding. The Arizona Cardinals looks like the wheels are falling off. They've lost six of their last seven. Uh, I think the Rams are definitely on the decline, and they're going to have some serious salary cap concerns they got to confront here in the near future. And the 49ers, who knows? I, I still like the Niners. Uh, they're my pick to win the division. I just wonder what the ceiling is with Trey Lance, at quarterback, uh, because not too encouraged by what you saw in week one and that loss at Chicago. And you have to wonder now at what point is he looking over his shoulder and, and at what point do John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan say, you know what, we're better off in the long term with Jimmy G as our quarterback if Trey Lance doesn't show significant improvement here over the next two or three weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners make that move. But as far as the Rams go, I'm with you. I, I've got con- some concerns about this team as well. But the Falcons are going to be a tough sell. If you've got a partner in the contest, uh, it's going to be tough to sell somebody on taking the points, even double digits, with the Falcons, and I had to pass on this game. You did yeah, not play I mean, it, right? I'm, no, I, I did play Atlanta. I bet, oh, you did? I bet Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Um, and look, I just think the Rams are a mess. I'd even be careful about using the Rams as survivor. It's funny this week, there's a lot of, uh, pretty good survivor options. The Rams, I would stay away from. I just don't trust them. I know they have extra time to prepare now coming off a bad loss. Mm-hmm. You, they'll probably be buttoned up in, in you know, turning a decent performance. This is a good situation for them in terms of the rest. Not that you need rest this early into the season, but I'd be very careful. I'm, I'm just not sure about the offensive line. I think it's a major concern. And there's some good stats about Dean Pease, the Atlanta defensive coordinator where he's got like a complex scheme and wherever he goes year one, there's some growing pains, but year two, his defense usually makes a leap uh, once they get the system sort of nailed down. So I would only look towards Atlanta. I did bet Atlanta in here plus 10. All right. The Dean Pease angle. I haven't heard that one yet. Nice job. Will Hill to pull that one out. Okay. Let's talk another double digit dog. Can you get behind the Texans? I played the Texans in week one against the Colts. Uh, I would, if I had to play this game, I would take the 10 with the Texans in Denver. I think most people are going to look at this game and say, well, it's a bounce back for the Broncos. They should have won the game on Monday night. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to play a lot better than he did in Seattle, and uh, that's a fair price to lay. Or you're going to, you're going to have the Broncos on a lot of teaser plays. I'm not going to mess with the Broncos at all here. I think this Texans team is uh, sneaky good and better than a lot of people think. Uh, but again, this is not going to be one of my plays. Uh, ultimately, I, I passed on this game, but I did seriously consider taking the double digits with the Texans. Did you do anything with Houston-Denver? It's a pass, but I would probably lay it. Boy, if, if you're not winning this game 38-13, to 13, if you're Denver, uh, what did you really spend your money on, on Russell Wilson for? You have to be concerned about him going forward. I thought his stats looked better than he did the other day. He, didn't, he doesn't want to run anymore. He had fourth and goal from the one. He won't QB sneak. Mm-hmm. Part of his game, a big part of his game was he was so elusive. He sort of lost the step where he doesn't run around as much, uh, but this is a spot. Denver's a hard place to play in altitude. Houston coming off a tie where they had to play the extra quarter. Um, if, if Denver doesn't win this game and win it pretty convincingly, I'd be very concerned about Wilson going forward. I do expect Denver to bounce back and and win pretty comfortably. I think you have to have some concerns about Wilson going forward no matter what. Yes. He's 33 years old. He looks, uh, I would say, a half step slower. Last year, I, I said he looked uh, he looked fat and he looked slow. He ran for a career low 183 yards. I think he looks in better shape now, but he's just not. He doesn't have the same sort of quickness, and that was a big part of Russell Wilson's game, what made him dangerous. Get outside the pocket, improvise, make plays on the run, and he really can't do that 
at the same level now that he was doing before. So I think you have to have a few concerns as far as that goes uh, with uh, Russell Wilson. What do you think about the Texans? Do you agree with me or not? Do you think the Texans could be better than a lot of people think? Because pro football talk actually ranked the Texans the 32nd team in the league, the worst team in the league before the season. I thought that was absurd. Uh, I really uh, think the Texans are better than that. Yeah, they're not the worst team in the league. Mills is okay. I like the rookie back. Um, you know, I feel like they're going to win too many games. They're almost going to get to five or six wins and be in that no man's land where you can't draft Bryce Young. You can't draft Stroud. You know, you're going to be picking six or seven instead of first. They're not the worst team in the league. I, I would agree with you. They're a little better than that. And they really should have won that game last week. I mean, they did everything yeah. they could to give that away up 20 to three. And then at midfield, they had third and one. And you figure, all right, two plays to get one yard. There was like 30 seconds left. You're like 10 yards away from field goal range. They ran a pitch play. They lost three yards. They punted and they settled for the tie. It was a strange sequence. But it's not a terrible team. It's not a good team by any stretch, but it's not a, just a god-awful team either. Well, that's one of the problems, too, is Levy Smith is not going to be yeah. an aggressive coach. He's not a progressive type of coach, and that's one thing that's going to hold this team back a little bit. Hey, well, if you compare Davis Mills to Trevor Lawrence at this point, it's, it's unanimous in favor of Davis Mills. He's been the better quarterback out of that draft class. You would agree? If you just if you just dropped somebody off from another planet and you didn't tell them anything about these guys, <laughs> where they were picked, who they were, and you showed them the stats and you just watched them play, you'd say, all right, you know what? They both look pretty equal to me. It's an absolutely great point. Uh, throw that up there. with uh, Throw Trey Lance in there, too, because, look, the 49ers traded it up, gave up all these picks mm-hmm. um, where you could have pretty much – you could have had Matt Stafford. What did, what did the Lions give up? The Lions gave up two ones, but one of those ones was to get off a of golf. So they really paid a huge tax to get Trey Lance. And Mills – I mean, Mills looks look – like the equal player to Lawrence and to Lance. Well, the Niners really tried to get Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers uh, would not blank and uh, allow that deal to happen. Let's talk about that Seahawks 49ers game because that was the emotional Super Bowl for the Seahawks on Monday night. They got the win. It kind of made their season, in a sense, to beat Russell Wilson in his homecoming game, 17-16. My concern would be that Geno Smith really played uh, out of his mind and the Seahawks still did not score in the second half of that game, and we're lucky to hold on. Now the defense is going to be without Jamal Adams. He's done. Uh, I think you've got to have some serious concerns with the Seahawks here. Uh, George Kittle, though, not being on the field, if, if that's the case and that report today is true that he's unlikely to play, that's going to hurt Trey Lance in this game. I like the Niners to win it, but I'm not sure I like the Niners to win it by a double-digit margin. I'm going to have to pass on this one. Yeah, I just checked on Kittle. He missed practice Wednesday, missed it Thursday. He was limited Friday, and he's questionable tomorrow. Sounds like a true game-time decision, mm-hmm. uh, if they're being honest. Like you said, just a nightmare spot for Seattle. Short week, on the road, after an emotional win uh, to, to beat Seattle. I mean, how happy were they when they won that game and the kick miss? It was like their Super Bowl. So <laughs> it was. Uh, this is the spot where you back San Francisco, except I just can't lay nine with a quarterback. I don't really trust to throw the ball. They're basically running the wing tee, and it's very strange to have a, a total, uh, a spread of nine. Almost, you got to win by double digits. The total's forty and a half. That's a that's a weird dynamic there. So, if I had to play anything just because of the situation, I would lay it with the 49ers, similar to Green Bay, Chicago. I just can't get behind that offense, and that offensive line hasn't been great either. So, not enough offense for me to lay nine. No, I think the play was when this number was eight and a half. If you're going to play the Niners, you had to play it on a teaser, knock it down to two and a half, and that was a decent play. Uh, but now that teaser number is above three, so it's a lot tougher to do. When we come back, we're going to have Will Hill's contest plays and his best bets for NFL Week 2. You don't want to miss that. Stay tuned to Sunday Bet Prep here on v the Sports Betting Network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, kick off the football season with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. BetRivers is your go-to book for every line boost and special. BetRivers has parlay insurance and touchdown insurance offers every Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on the Bears-Packers game Sunday night 
and get your money back as a free bet if that player scores at any time. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new ball game at BetRivers.com. Matt Humans and Will Hill back as we continue to preview NFL Week 2 from a betting perspective. And, uh, Will, we're going to get to your best bets and your contest plays here in the last segment. And our pro tip is going to be don't be afraid to play the ugly dogs in the NFL. Sometimes you have to do it. You have a limited card. This is not college football. You can't be that choosy sometimes. And these uh, ugly dogs, you can find the right spot. You can find value with the point spread. And you think you've done that with the Jets. That's one of your contest plays this week. Yeah, you you make such a good point because it's counterintuitive, especially when you start betting. You don't want to, you know, bet these bad teams. It it makes you uncomfortable. But that discomfort's good. You know what? You got to buy low on some of these teams. If nobody else wants them, that's where the value is. That's Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're getting taxed on the teams you want to bet on. The teams that look easy to bet, that's where... uh, that's where you're paying a premium, like the Bills, the Packers, these better teams. So um, you got to pick your spots with it. It's tough. These losing teams, these losing organizations, sometimes not only find ways to lose games, they find ways to not cover. Saw Jacksonville last week uh, burn everybody where they're winning. They're up by eight points late in the game, getting three, and they find a way to not only lose but not cover. So, uh, But it's it's part of it. You know, betting on the bad teams, betting on the bad quarterbacks, you just have to plug your nose and, and kind of trust yourself and trust your numbers. All right, let's take a look at your contest plays here. And uh, what contest are you talking about? You have a partner in the Circa Millions? Yes, yeah. me and uh, Michael Lombardi of the Lombardi line. Oh, is that right? I didn't know you guys yes. were partners. Okay, good yes. deal. How'd you do in week one? Three and two. He's uh, he's so he's so pleasant when we're losing games. It's really just a joy to work with him. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah, we we got we went down with the Patriots and the Raiders. The Patriots was our last game on the card too, and it was one of those situations where every other game with Seahawks. Uh, a couple other ones. Every other game we would have played, the Lions would have won. So frustrating three and two. You can't afford too many of these three and twos uh, in the Circa Millions contest. But this week, going with Carolina, Jacksonville, Tennessee, which speaks to your point about you know these ugly teams in Tennessee. It's funny they're a one seed last year, but they are uh, undervalued here in my opinion. Getting ten against Buffalo. So Carolina, Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Jets, and then the Cowboys catching seven. Well, I was with you. I went 4-1 and one in week one, and my loser was the Raiders. And that was frustrating because the Raiders didn't show up in the first half. They scored three points. There was no urgency on offense. And then when they did get a chance to get in the back door, they have a two-point conversion try late in the game, and the right tackle jumps off sides, and uh, you, you, get a, you get a motion penalty at the one-yard line. I think that was after a PI penalty. So the Raiders had moved yep. to the one. Uh, then the, the right tackle jumps. You move back, and Derek Carr throws a hopeless incompletion in the back of the end zone. That could have got you in the back door. It could have been a 24-21 loss. You're catching three and a half. Instead, they lose by five. And uh, you need to win those sometimes in the NFL more often than not if you're going to have a chance to win these contests or you know finish high in these contests. But the Raiders, that was my one loss last week. And uh, I did come back with the Raiders again this week, but uh, I'll talk about that later. Uh, your contest numbers here. You've got the Panthers plus two. This is a Circa Sports Million uh, four contest. And let's see, you played the Panthers plus two, Jaguars plus four, Jets plus six and a half, Cowboys plus seven, and Titans plus ten. Okay. You don't list games in rotation order, do you? 
I just noticed that. You put everything out of sorts and you put the Monday night game in the middle of your list. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Titans on Monday night, we'll talk a little bit about that one a little bit more in the next segment too because I think that's one of those ugly do- 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 excuse me, double-digit dogs that you have to give serious consideration to uh, this week. Uh, when we were talking about your best bets, those are your five contest plays with Michael Lombardi. Uh, what was your fifth play? The one you, the one you guys debated, uh, because I, I do this every week. I have you know the fourth or fifth play, and you got a couple other alternative games. What was the last game or the next to last game that you guys put on the list here? Probably the Jets, just because it's the Jets, and I don't know how much they're going to score. I'm mean, really counting on that to be an ugly 17-13 type of game. But they're just not built to come from behind. So if they ever get down 7 nothing or 10 nothing, you can almost write that one off because they're, they're not a backdoor cover team like we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. They threw the ball 60 times last week, and they scored nine points. So the bet here is that they just play good defense, they run the ball, and it becomes a field goal game. I think Cleveland will know that the Jets can't score, so they'll probably be a little conservative themselves and say, hey, as long as we don't turn it over, we don't need to go for it on fourth down, we can just punt, we can kick field goals. As long as we get the 16, 17 points, we can win an ugly game here. So just hoping for an ugly one there. That The Jets one would probably be uh, the last one on the card, though. Okay, the uh, the Raiders were the last team on my card, and the Cowboys uh, were the first alternate. So I used the Cowboys in the Westgate contest, but not in the circuit contest. How about actual bets? What are your best bets this week? Yeah, these five... Um, also, Atlanta, we talked about them and just not trusting the Rams, not trusting their offensive line. I think that's a big number to lay uh, to Atlanta. And Atlanta, I think, will find a way to cover that game and be right in that game. So these five in the contest, Atlanta getting the points um, w- would be my picks. Um, thought about taking Minnesota on Monday night. To me, those are even teams. I think Minnesota might even be slightly better. It's just Cousins has been really bad here on Monday night in prime times. And he does not play well for whatever reason against zone defenses. And Philly plays a lot of zone in the secondary. So thought about Minnesota, but I stayed away from it. Do you play many uh, teasers in the NFL? Do you play six-point yes. teasers? Absolutely. Did you play? Are you going to play any this week? Uh, I mean, I have Carolina already. Maybe I'll add some teasers with Carolina, uh, with you know, getting one and a half with Washington. So you can go through the three and through the seven. To me, that's a good play. I almost blindly play him. Anything one and a half, two and a half, I'll almost pretty much blindly play up through the three and through the seven. It's been a, it's been a, a pretty profitable strategy here to play those. You know, uh, I played a teaser early in the week. I talked about this on the Follow the Money show with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. I, I don't play a lot of teasers in the NFL, but I I bet this one. I, I knocked the Niners down to minus two and a half and the Bengals down to minus one, and I played that. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Bengals-Cowboys game because – as the week has gone on, uh, Will Hill, I've warmed up a little bit more to the Cowboys in this spot. I don't like the Bengals uh, quite as much. And initially, when you look at it, you think, well, Joe Burrow is going to play a lot better this week. He missed the preseason. He had appendix surgery. And he looked like uh, a guy who missed the preseason in week one. Four interceptions, a fumble, five total turnovers. Probably the worst game he's ever played, not just in the NFL, in his life. So you would think Burrow's going to bounce back and play a lot better this week. Also, Zach Taylor. Uh, did you notice what he did last week I with did. some of his goofy game management uh, strategies? Let's call it mistakes. Just uh, out, outright embarrassing mistakes in terms of game management. What's wrong with Zach Taylor? I don't know, but he should send Nathaniel Hackett a very nice bottle of wine because we all yeah. forgot about Zach Taylor for a little bit after whatever the hell that was on Monday night with Hackett. 
that Taylor kind of yeah. got off the griddle, but uh, you know, he he was really bad. I mean, what, what he didn't challenge, the things he did in that game were just mind-boggling. It's amazing. These coaches, they sit there and they can design plays, protections, you know, offense, all this complicated stuff in terms of the scheme. Some of these coaches are just so incompetent when it comes to the basics of when to challenge, how to use your timeouts, clock management. It's really incredible. It is. It's, it, it amazes me these guys can be, like you said, so incompetent at the basics of uh, game management. These easy decisions, you can sit there and say, yeah, why is he not calling a timeout? Why did he not challenge that? Why is he calling a timeout in this spot? It's just uh, Zach Taylor looked like a, a completely outclassed uh, high school coach in that game against the Steelers on uh, Sunday of week one. I was, I was baffled by how bad he was. And uh, this week he goes up against Mike McCarthy, and it's not exactly a high-level chess match between these two guys. Uh, but I have warmed up to the Cowboys a little bit this week. I think they're going to, you know, you reflect on that Cooper Rush start he made against the Vikings last year when Dak was hurt, and he played pretty well, well enough to, for the Cowboys to pull that game out against the Vikings, and I have a feeling this is going to be a tight game. I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to win it, Will, but I'm with you here. I think the Cowboys plus seven, and actually it was seven and a half here at Circa on Friday morning. I think the Cowboys and the points are probably the play. And even though Elliott only ran for 52 yards last mm-hmm. week, 10 carries, 52 yards, 5.2 against Tampa is not an easy feat. That is a very stout run defense. So I figure Dallas maybe can run the ball. Parsons can take advantage of a bad or at least shaky uh, offensive line as they sort of get integrated here early in the season. Pressure Burrow, uh, seven is a lot. And I'm just sort of fading this narrative that Burrow carried the Bengals to the Super Bowl last year. It was about the defense. It was about the kicker. Burrow played okay, but Burrow's gotten a little overrated here. Joe Burrow's overrated. That's Will Hill. Okay. Uh, let's uh, come back and talk about the Monday night doubleheader. I wish we had more of these, but we've got one in week two. Titans, Bills. Vikings, Eagles, and we're also going to recap Chargers, Chiefs, and what did we take away from the Thursday night game in KC. Back in a couple minutes on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Check out the VSIN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to order, so you can all made to order. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.